Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, in news that will shock no one, yes, we will be talking about the axing of Studio 10. Will we have time for any other topics? Keep listening to find out. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news and views. This is TV Black Box. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to TV Black Box. It's been a while. Have you missed us? We missed you. Someone who also missed you was TV presenter David Robbo Robinson. G'day, Robbo. Hello there, Rob. Great to be with you and great to be back. God, it feels good to you know get your hands around a big TV Black Box, doesn't it? I love holding this mic. Uh, being back in the uh, in the swing of things in the TV black box, also entering the big TV black box tonight is Abby Mickelson, producer for the Weekend Today Show and Today at Times. Hello, Abby. <laughs> Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. Um, I am recording on Darren Morrigal Land tonight and would like to pay my respects to the elders past and present. Well, they'll be listening intently, especially to hear our views on <laughs> Studio 10. Malk, the viewers' advocate, is with us. Hello, Malk. <laughs> Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. I'm recording on the land of the, ga- uh, the da- sorry, the Dark and Jung mob, and I pay my respects to all of their uh, elders. And I just want to say, how great was that last episode? That guy who just did it by himself really knew what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Lowest rated episode ever. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> wow. I thought that joke would go down better. Yeah, no, obviously that was a joke. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. I personally had great feedback on it, Rob. Thanks for asking. Tough crap. Yeah. Your mum loves you, mate. It's good. (laughs) My mum's been dead for two years. Yeah. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. I'm taking the hits tonight. Monk, it was a great episode. We loved it. Okay. We love you, buddy. Thanks, mate. We do. We love you. We love you, Mulky. You're okay. Thanks, Robbie. All right. What is happening? I don't know. (laughs) All right. Now we're getting into it because it is the end of an era with the curtain closing on Studio 10 after a decade on air. As you'll know, it was announced this week that Channel 10's morning show had been axed and will be finishing up on Friday the 22nd of December. But some network staff weren't too happy, calling the announcement cold and emotionless. That was in regards to an email sent out talking about that it was sad news, but not thanking anybody. They also claimed it was unfair that the show's cancellation was blamed on a change in viewing habits rather than the poor decision-making at the top. Robbo, you spent many years at Studio 10. I, of course, was executive producer for the first five years. You were the roving reporter. Um, I have to say, that line from 10 annoyed me when they said there had been a change in daytime viewing habits. No, there wasn't. You changed the content of the show, audiences didn't like it, and they left. That's a fair assessment, isn't it? I think that the show definitely went through a, a massive change um, over the, the, the last few years. Uh, and I guess, it, it look, it, it just didn't resonate with viewers, did it? Uh, you know, there, there was a show that was on before, and, and, and nothing against the people who work on it now. You know, they do a great job. And they, no, they, absolutely not. And they, and they do really, really well up against what really has been a network that has never been fond of the show. Um, the audience loved the show. Um, people loved the show. But it was always uh, weirdly uh, mum and dad network that never really liked it. So they were always up against it from the beginning. We always were. And they, and they continue to do that. They, they, they did a great job in, in a very hostile and tough environment. Um, but, yeah, look, the show had changed and the, the audience... Uh, didn't want to stay with with that show, and, and that happens. I think it's really sad. It's sad for all the people we know at Studio 10. It's sad for the show that we know and love. Uh, it's also sad for Aussie TV. Whenever a show gets axed, 
It is really, really sad. Now, we they're saying that the staff will be absorbed where possible, which is great, and I really hope that that's true, and I hope a lot of those people are, are, are able to stay in the, in the network. Um, but it is a really sad day, and when I found out, it just brings back this flood of memories, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness, just... You know, Studio 10's on my mind all the time. Uh, if, if there was this weird thing on TikTok that how many, you know, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And people were asked that. How many times <laughs> do I think of Studio 10? Once a day. Um, you know, and really? yeah, it, it, it's just very sad. It's sad for everyone involved, but it's a different show. We're, we're saying goodbye to a different show than what we worked on. How did you feel when you found out the news? Uh, I felt really sad, actually. Like, especially because it's in the month that we, we first premiered in November 2013, so 10 years, the, you know, the month, mm. um, and it's, and it's going to go next month. It's really sad, but it's... Oh, I said goodbye to it a long time ago. I said goodbye to a different show. Mm. Um, so I, I have a lot of grief about it, uh, and, you know, but it, it's, it's different, and that's what, that's what TV is, and my heart goes out to everyone that works on it, and I hope that everything one is taken care of the best way that they can. It's funny. Um, I, I want to pick up on a couple of things. You said bad for the industry. I can't tell you. You all know I'm working at Seven Spotlight. I spend a lot of time in Sydney. I had quite a few people in the last couple of days come around to me saying how bad it was for the industry that this had happened. Uh, yeah. Direct competitors of Studio 10. Um, you might think that people at the morning show would be pulling out the party poppers or something like that it was actually quite the opposite people were genuinely sad that you know there are fewer places to get work in this industry you're um, not going to get another show like this you know this this is the thing that the show i was thinking about this the show that we had in 2013 should never have happened in the way that the money that 10 didn't have any money then but jesus they had you know there, there was money and there, there was stuff to do no there won't can i just be... say something that yeah. show studio 10 always had a much lower budget than its competitors we yeah. spent the money wisely. No, of course, of course. I know, I know that. I know that. But no, because a lot of people think we, we went big and spent way too much money. That was never the case. We were always on budget and oh, yeah. we spent far less money than the others. Yeah, of course, of course. But we're not going to see another show like that again. And that's why it's sad for mm. the industry. We're not, we're not going know. to see a big show. Well, I just don't, I just don't I, I, I would be very surprised if 10 ever enters the market again in that kind of way. Um, or they'll just do a show like that they've been doing. I, I just don't think, I think that's why it's scary for a lot of people because these opportunities are drying up. It is a desert out there uh, and the, the few pools that were there are, are constantly drying mm. up. The pools are getting smaller and smaller uh, and there's just not enough water for everyone to drink and that's mm. the sad thing. We've been off air for a few weeks as a whole team and uh, it was interesting. I had lunch with the original Studio 10 cast uh, the day before the actual 10th anniversary. So on a Friday, I had lunch with Ita, Sarah, Joe and Jess, the original four hosts. And I have to say our memories were, we, we had such good memories about the show. It was a really lovely lunch. We, we caught up on personal stuff. We talked about the industry. And then honestly, Robbo, we were talking hot topics. Like we, it was like an episode of <laughs> Studio 10. Honestly, we were all there and I said to them, if we ever do this again, guys, I'm on the panel because I was so frustrated and <laughs> oh, in arguing oh, so many no times. Shit. And they were all like, yeah, shock horror. And they said, <laughs> we were having arguments with you and the viewers yeah. couldn't hear you. It didn't make sense. Um, but it, And it was also lovely because people couldn't believe it when they saw all those hosts of Studio 10 together. People were coming over and getting photos. We had lunch down by down at circular key in sydney people were coming and getting photos there was a scavenger group who had this list of things they had to get and they had to get a photo Not an australian of, of the year did they australian they had to find a 2013 icon. australian of the year oh yeah right oh right oh, really i made a joke <laughs> yeah they they had to get a photo with an australian icon and there's ida buttrose they must have won that scavenger hunt but um we have a text group uh, the the five of us and um, we were talking about it in the last twenty four hours and and you know everyone's it, it's bittersweet it's it's not the show we used to do anymore but we loved the fact the name lived on yeah. uh, you know you can go down the path of talking about ten was silly to change it they were talking about changes before they sacked me I had said to them if you make those changes you will lose audience 
they did what they felt was right and what budget played into that. I know the budget was reduced. It was being talking about being reduced when I was there, but we were working out ways to deal with that. Um, I think it really is a shame. Abby, you did work at Studio 10 as well. How did you feel when you heard the news? Yeah, it was sad. I'm a, I'm a bit like Robbo. I just I feel like it was two different shows and the name was yeah. the same. Yeah. But the show that the three of us were lucky enough to work on was axed effectively a few years ago now. And so, but it it is still really sad. And it's of course sad for the people who work on it, as Robbo said. And yeah, I agree. I just hope that they're looked after and that they're able to find work elsewhere. I'm sure they will be. Um, But yeah, it it, it is sad. It's just, I think, a different, a different kind of sadness than if the show had lived on as it was. Can I say something? It's like saying, it's like having someone who has Alzheimer's, right? So you have the person who has Alzheimer's and they kind of die when they, when they mm. kind of forget everything. So yeah, yeah. our Studio 10 had Alzheimer's and we are now saying goodbye to the actual body. Is that too weird? No, Maybe I know exactly what weird. you're saying. No, no, no. I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. There is actually a term for it and I can't remember what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. Moving on, Mulk. Um. <laughs> don't don't, that don't too weird. make me follow Sorry. that. I have that no idea. Weird. Sorry. I've got a different path, mate. So I've ended up in a rabbit hole over the last 24 hours because Studio 10 was such a big part of my life and it, it will always have a piece of, like, it, it's part of me. Sure. I put yeah. so much into that show. And I found myself going through the old Studio 10 media spy. Um, <laughs> yeah, God. Oh, no. Following the course of the show through media spy. Oh, it no. was fascinating. I, was, yeah. I saw things that I'd forgotten. I saw criticisms I'd forgotten, compliments as well. But um, I really was. I was going through the old media spy <laughs> Studio 10 thing and just, uh, and then just before the record, I was actually getting to, oh, hang on. We're at October in 2017. Uh-oh, we're Uh-oh. in November 2017. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I know what's coming. Oh, here it is. I've been sacked. No! <laughs> um, <laughs> Malk, um, you were always a supporter of the show. You were, you're the viewer's advocate. I'll give you the final thoughts on Studio 10. What a steaming pile of shit. Um, no, that's... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, well, I just thought I'd drop it in there to change the gears. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> I, I, it is fair for all three of you to to lament and to mourn a little bit the show that you were so intimately involved in making happen. You know, when and particularly this is a reflection on on television. People that make TV and are serious about it will just pour themselves into it. That's so right. to have so much of your time go into the early part of Studio Ten. Um, and to feel sad, and and I I understand your your example, your your metaphor, Robbo. The show that has now been axed is not the show you guys knew, but it is no. in the bones of, like it's it's you know a part of the whole thing. And there's good memories in that for you guys as well as some tough memories. So, you know, long long live Studio Ten and all that sailed in her, both on screen and behind screen. Um, it will be an interesting situation i i echo your thoughts robo i'm not sure there will need to be significant changes at 10 paramount for them to kind of i guess lift into a position where they feel they can be competitive in morning breakfast and morning tv ever again they've had a few swings at it it hasn't succeeded they used to be the kings of morning tv but it did succeed i don't like this narrative I don't like this narrative that they it didn't succeed. It did. Um, not, I was sorry. looking at the figures. We were getting 120,000. We started off at around 25,000, and by 2017 we were 120,000. Mm. We they, And I was seeing posts where we had beaten not only Today Extra in that 9.30 slot, we had beaten the morning show on some sure. occasions. We were Our trajectory was to get to number two, and we were so close to that, to being a legitimate number two. Yep. And hopefully, then getting to number one. So to, to clarify, say, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of a general statement in that wake up and Studio Ten weren't Ten's first goes at that oh, style no, of programming, like in the broadest sense. And we remember fondly back in the day, it used to own morning television. Um, yeah, breakfast never really grabbed for Ten, but certainly morning television was a thing. 
Um, so uh, where, where this lens for 10 will be difficult, I agree that it's a challenge now because less, well, just less television, like outside of a news product, less television being made in Australia is bad for the industry because it means that people find it harder to get jobs. Um, and we exactly. don't want that. It would be like people said, oh, 10 needs to go and blah, blah. Oh, 10 doesn't need to go. You know, we don't need to be only two commercial networks and not three because Why the reality is the that... the death of companies? Like, what, what is yeah. there to be achieved by Channel 10 turning into nothing? That's oh, not, not good for nothing. anyone. Nothing no. is achieved. Lots of people lose jobs. Um, all sorts of things happen. It's, it's not beneficial to our industry for that to be a thing, independent of how well people might think it's going. And look, if they get propped up by an overseas parent for a long time, then let it be a thing. Um, I'm, I'm just all for more Australian content being made. And, and Studio 10 in that breakfast, in that morning slot, more than batted above its weight for years. Yeah. Rob, just really quickly, you mentioned that to 120,000. Just wanted to double check who was on the panel that day. Uh, the, 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 the highest rating Jesus. show ever on Studio no, 10. No, no, no. The highest Robbo rating was, was on the panel. The Robbo. highest rating was 150,000, Robbo, and that was the episode you were on. Thank um, 150. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't want to gloat. 120, 120 wasn't our average, but it was around about where we were where we were hitting. At that yeah, you had, to, you had to up the threshold for the chicken and chips. When I first started, oh, yeah, it was 100,000 yeah, yeah. to get chicken and chips, and then it was every day you were like, this is too much. You had yeah. to make it go that, higher. It's a true story too. I, I, yeah. It was always like if we got 100,000 chicken and chips for everybody, and it became such a regular daily occurrence, I had to change it. We couldn't afford it. The budget. And, yeah. and just yeah. for a matter oh, of interest, friends, off the back of that 100, 120, like where you guys were, mm. were getting, I, I thought I'd have a squeeze this morning at the ratings and I only get oh. access to not all of them, but a fair chunk of the ratings. Mm. Uh, and the lowest rating program yesterday pulled 22,000 viewers and Studio 10 wasn't listed. And that's in the top 250 shows, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Five mm. City Metro. That is mm. rough. Yeah, yeah, rough Rough is an understatement, um, I think, Abby. No. Oh, look, I think we all know that if if you guys had walked in and Studio 10 had got those figures under my watch, you probably would have found me hanging from the ceiling. Oh, um, I hope we Christ. see it. I hope we see a bit of a celebration, <laughs> like a real celebration for the oh. last broadcast. Yes, that's what I'm hoping. And I'm thinking I, I, this, I'm going to congratulate 10 on this to give such a nice uh, out um, to, uh, you know, Friday the yeah, 22nd. Yeah, not just shank it that, off air. That is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is actually... That speaks volumes for 10. Uh, that, that's a really good decision. And it allows the show yep. to really do a nice kind of goodbye, uh, a decade on air. Um, yep. And I, I thought that was a great decision by 10. I think that was really, really compassionate and, and the right thing to do. Although maybe, Robbo, we should do a um, subscription video on the uh, after the last show and tell tall tales from our years at Studio 10. <laughs> Could you geez. imagine the story? We sh- we sh- oh my you need a few wines. So, much, one. <laughs> so, so many much stories. <laughs> Oh, the trips away. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the poor choir. Um, that's all I'll oh. say. <laughs> that poor choir. Um, all right. Oh, Coming up, we'll tackle other stories from the world of TV, including 10 set to record its worst ever year on ratings record, why the TV networks want prominence and what that means, and we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the TV binge box. Well, it's official. After a dire 2023 performance, 10 is firmly Australia's number four network. Across all free-to-air television, 10 is sitting at 15.9%, below the ABC on 16.4%, making it 10's worst rating share since the Austem system began in 2001. For comparison, 9 is on 27.5 and 7 on 31.5. Malk, Paramount Australia tried to dispute these claims, but in the end, uh, they can't be happy with this performance. Oh, look, I, I don't think that there'll be much celebration for many of the networks 
um, when the figures come out because overall we've seen audiences shrinking um, from a free-to-air linear broadcast perspective. Um, and I, I do want to, I no, guess... No, but I think there's a difference when you're dealing with the fact that you're having your worst ratings on record. And, and look, I, I will accept there are many different ways to skin a cat these days. Mm. What oh, I mate, we like will in... get the press releases from all of them telling us mm. how they won. Um, what I didn't <laughs> yeah. like was 10 just trying to bullshit. And that's why, uh, look, people who saw that article, uh, I did take their response apart. I just thought they treated legitimate questions with contempt and um. they spun. That's what they do. But their their spin didn't hold up. The fact is, sometimes you just have to acknowledge, well, you know what? We've had a rough year. We do. You can say, we've got great stuff going on with Paramount+, Plus, but there is a problem with Paramount+, Plus, Mock. Everything is being talked about Paramount+, Plus, but in the States, there is a legitimate discussion going on from investors of Paramount Global on whether Paramount+, Plus should cease to exist. Yeah, but that's and also what, because Warner Brothers Discovery are spinning around to consider buying them. Uh, yeah, no, this was before that. This has been going on Ooh. for some time that there is a belief that Paramount Plus or Paramount Global should be distributing their content, getting the money that way, because it is becoming obvious that outside of Netflix and possibly Disney Plus, there are too many players and Netflix has such dominance yeah. that streamers like Paramount Plus can't really make the big money. This is not having a go at Paramount Plus and its content. It's got great content. But if Paramount Plus were to be yanked, where does that leave 10 Australia when they're pivoting to that streaming service as the big saviour? I don't think we have the hours to discuss this in full. I will offer that it's not just Paramount Plus that's having investors you know, it, it, question the digital subscription, digital strategies for content makers. Everybody, mm. all of the, the networks in the States are having the same questions put to them in that regard because there are heaps of platforms that they can on-sell their content into like your Netflix and your Amazon Prime and your, your Disney Plus that now fully own Hulu and all of the rest of it. Um, that, yeah, what's the benefit? Like NBC and Peacock, mm, you know, like the, the, all of the same questions should be asked. In Australia... They are being asked. They are no, being no, asked. Uh, but yes, but that, that's what I'm getting at. It's not on their Pat Malone around Paramount having those questions asked. In Australia, I think that Paramount Plus is actually starting to get some traction, but you're right, it does become an issue if it gets shuttered. I don't think it will get shuttered in a hurry. There's too much kind of content coming down the pipe that is exclusive to that, and it's proving to be a real benefit for 10. Now, I also want to offer that they are putting into Paramount Plus stuff that normally would have hung around on 10 Play for a lot longer. There's stuff yeah. that goes for a week only on Paramount Plus, uh, sorry, on 10 Play. And then if you want to watch it after a week, it's all on Paramount Plus. And if you're not a subscriber, that's problematic. There's some real issues there. It's interesting, you and, know. And can it, I just say, Mark, sorry, from a content point of view, NCIS Sydney, fantastic. I think it is consistent with the NCIS, NCIS franchise. I'm not a huge mm. fan. I'll well, watch the I next like episode. <laughs> well done. And good work. I think, I think it's great. And, and, in fact, I watched it with my NCIS-loving wife who went, well, this is interesting because they're using the same theme as the original NCIS, whereas the other variants have all got their own themes. Um, and that it was... I understand that they're launching a new franchise, but there was lots of wedging conveniently hats and coats with NCIS just laid out neatly in shots to make, to remind us that you're watching NCIS, even though there's lots of Aussie accents. Um, eh, look, it's fine. It's good TV and I know it will get better. That's the, that's the real thing, frankly. It's interesting for 10 because while they may be in the doldrums with their share, I'm going to say largely that's because their news is not helping support them. Um, and we acknowledge when we talk about share, it's 6 p.m. to midnight. That's the share that we're talking about. And the bulk of 10's news product doesn't appear in their in that 6 p.m. to midnight slot. They get yeah, half an hour, which is... Their share won't help them anymore. They well, that to. half an hour is about to be replaced with a game show fronted by Grant Denyer. Um, they have had some success, limited, 
Not all of it's super great, but they've had some success in prime time. Have you been paying attention? The Cheap Seats. Yes. The Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. Dessert Masters is doing consistent. And in fact... Love it. Last night, won prime time in the 7.30 slot, beating everything else. Um you know, the like Matildas this, did pretty well the other week as well, the Olympic qualifiers. They, they, they did. Not as good, obviously, as, well, as yeah. you know, World Cup, but still solid numbers. Can, can I just challenge you on something about the sure. news, though, Mark? Everyone says, oh, only if only 10's news were stronger. These were decisions management made to cut back news, to bolster the money they had for primetime programs, reality Oh, I'm shows. not even sure that it needs. they need their news to be stronger. That half hour of news, 6 to 6.30 on 10, was never going to be competitive. Like, we can, we can erase that now because mm. we know that 6 to 7 o'clock commercially is the, the most hotly contested regularly time slot in the country. That's where the battle is. How do you think deal will do? Because Family Feud was a furphy. It was on three channels for a long time. And That's then when they problem. took it off... You can't watch you can't watch three channels at once. So if I'm watching it on one, you're on another, and Abby's on another, the numbers add up. It's the same. So you're a supporter of the blocking. It's it's what it's what ABC Breakfast does when they show it on ABC News 24, and people in Perth watch it versus me watching it here in Sydney. Like it, no, it's the, the it's same. Not the same. They do they do that on ABC News 24 because it's live. Sure. In Perth, you still can't see, or you still won't be able to see. Uh, you couldn't see. Family feud until six o'clock. You weren't able to see it at three or four o'clock. No, no, I appreciate that, but that happens with every every program. Whether you're watching because Family Feud or you're watching uh, The Voice in Perth, you don't get it live. You only get it at the scheduled time slot, and it still mm, adds up you, for that number. You're totally missing the point. They did the roadblock to boost the figures because mm. what they did is sure. they took all their multi channels. And why not? To- if you've got three channels, why not show the same thing in the same time slot on yeah, all of I them think so that's that fine. everyone that tunes in gets to see the product? There's no harm in that. Well, I remember there being a lot of criticism. When I was at 10 and I was defending um, the idea, I didn't have a problem with it either. I'm raising mm. it as a will sure. they do it again That because there actually was a lot of criticism at the time. I don't actually personally have a firm view on it, but mm. I wonder if it is. Yeah, a, sure. Is it, and if I it is a pe- tactic, ten will use again. People might perceive it as weak programming. I actually think it's really smart. If you want to get traction across the people that would be across any of your suite of channels, don't do it with everything. People will get sick of it. But for key programs, bang it on the same time slot in all on all of your channels for a week, couple of weeks, ever. I don't care, but do it so that you're getting those people. And all of a sudden, because that's how you weld people on in an age where there's. 45 free-to-air linear channels, 50-something linear free-to-air channels. Like, you've got to be able to deliver that. Plus, we acknowledge just in the background that none of the commercial networks have got their multi-channel digital strategy working properly, even the ABC. Um, And then on top of that, we've also got to take into account that, (sighs) frankly, if you really want to affect the ratings, watch via BFOD. You know, people complain, I didn't watch that. How did that show win anything? If you don't have a ratings box... Your watching linear broadcast television doesn't mean a damn thing. Hmm. But if you watch via broadcast video on demand, as in like live, that counts. If you watch it via catch-up, that counts. So every human in Australia has the ability to affect the ratings by watching using the catch-up or BVOD services, as opposed to the panelled view that runs via Austam for our linear broadcast and RegTam. Okay. Well, while we're talking about... Uh BVOD and all that kind of stuff. Foxtel is getting its knickers in a knot over the idea of TV networks being given prominence on smart TVs. The federal government is considering forcing smart TV makers to put the apps of Australian TV networks first. That's ahead of Netflix and other streamers. In a misleading ad, in my opinion, putting News Corp papers, the Australian Subscription Television and Radio Association, Astra, claimed the federal government would control what you see on your television. (laughs) It's just utter nonsense. Um... (laughs) Aren't they? No, this is fear-mongering. This is Trump Playbook 101. Uh, the government's going de- to decide what you watch on TV. They're controlling what you watch it's on TV. Right. On That's side. right. Every but side you... of this debate is fear-mongering. No, but not, no, not, not in the case of the yes, government. Like, no. The, the free-to-air networks gonna... have said if we don't get prominence, we're going to die. Tell me that's not and, fear-mongering. And they are genuinely, they are genuinely fearful of that because... They need to start getting their streaming apps out there. And 
currently, Malk, we have a network, we have a free-to-air network that is being challenged by overseas competitors who aren't paying license fees or the kind of things that networks they don't have use had to the, do. The, the I, airwaves. Sure. They don't use the yeah, they don't use the airwaves, but they're big giant corporations who are taking audience away from free-to-air television aren't bound to play Australian content or make Australian content, don't have content quotas. And so why is it such a bad thing that we want to protect some localism and actually support the the free-to-air networks? And all it's not saying you can't have Netflix there and and Amazon Prime Video and Disney and what other apps. They're just saying the first Five apps have to be free-to-air television. I don't see why that is an issue. Let, let me... Okay, I'll, I'll try to explain... And it's not controlling the, your TV. I, look, no. I understand it's not controlling your TV. However, it, it it's the same level of fear-mongering as all of the other arguments. The, the, the challenge is this, and I'll, I'll try and explain it by use of another metaphor. You buy a brand-new car. Hooray. Well done, you. The government legislates that your car can't go faster than 65 kilometres an hour. So the car manufacturers make sure that those cars can't go faster than 65 kilometres an hour. End of story. Independent that speed limits are bigger than that. They've just said that your new car can't go faster than 65 kilometres an hour. Is that the government I think that's a terrible analogy. Can I give you a better one? Please. You buy your car. The radio stations are pre-tuned. Your radio thing where you hit your buttons for stations is pre-tuned to radio stations. You as the consumer, once you get in that car, can live with that or you can change them. Mm. Well, All the government's it, saying mm. is that we're pre-tuning your TV to have the streaming, the, the free-to-air catch-up apps first, then you can move them out of the way, you can change them, you can no, delete no, them if you like. that's actually unclear, Rob. That hasn't been made clear because there is no legislation around this. And the question Correct. that is being asserted is that they will be default fixed. You can't move them. But even no, if you not fixed. even if you can't move them, you fixed. still can access the other stream. Like, it's not stopping anyone from using anything. It's just you might have to press a couple more buttons to be able to get to Netflix. Sure, but I bought the device. I don't want to be subjected to the government telling me what needs to be where on my screen. But is it any different to, I just pulled out my remote to have a look. It's Mm -hmm. got a bunch of different buttons on here. ABC iView is one of them, but then it's got Disney Stan, whatever. I obviously can't move these because it's on a remote. Is it any different to that? Very different because they're commercial arrangements where those companies have paid and worked an arrangement with the manufacturer to make sure their buttons are on the remote. Anyone is welcome to buy into a commercial arrangement like that. So hang on. You're okay being told what you can have on your TV if Netflix says, I'm I'm LG, I want a fixed spot, I'm number one. You're okay with that. You're just not okay if it's a free decision. Do we live do we live in a capitalist society or do we live in a communist society, Rob? Uh, we live in a free democratic society, but within that society we have rules and regulations as to especially in this country to make sure we still tell Australian stories with Australian voices. Sure, agree. And what you're and that's to be happening on our do, televisions, our, our free-to-air broadcast televisions. That's but happening. we're in an evolution here. We're evolving to mm-hmm. a different method of de- content delivery. Sure. And what you seem to be advocating is literally the death of television by saying, "Well, we should have no protections." Anyone. <laughs> you, know, you are. You're. You're. And, and I think there's a big question here. We know. Prominence is not content quotas, Rob. Let's not conflate the issues. We know that these TV makers don't give out freebies. How much has the ABC paid Mm -hmm. for that position on your remote control, Abby? I'm very interested in that. It would have to be something somewhere unless it's commercial incompetence. Well, I think it's an issue if the ABC are buying a position on a remote. That's very interesting to me. I don't know why you have a problem with the free-to-air networks getting a little bit of a leg up to tell Australian stories, to be able to sell their wares, and I, I don't think it should be fixed. My advocate, my feeling should be it's there as a default but can be moved or deleted. And, and, and look, if the legislation lands that it is allowed to be moved and it doesn't reset unless you reset your television, I think that's a great compromise in the process. Well, I know Michelle Rowland is a big fan of the TV Black Box (laughs) podcast, and now she will make the legislation accordingly. Friend of the show, I'm glad she's listening. (laughs) At at the risk of throwing an idea out that I haven't thought very deeply about, 
Why shouldn't the free-to-air networks get prominence? Because they haven't earned it. In the last 10 to 15 years, they have pissed away all of the goodwill over the content that they have not been making. Shrinking budgets, I acknowledge. Shrinking audiences, I acknowledge. They are intertwined. Exactly like you mentioned, we're going through a revolution. Rob, you can't copy-paste old rules over new formats. We have to come through with some new thinking and some new understanding. I'm not advocating for the death of free-to-air television. At the same time, free-to-air television shouldn't keep coming back to the taxpayer well to be held up when it is responsible for its own future. But isn't it a chicken-in-the-egg kind of thing where... You're saying it's underperforming all of that. We talked before about how when shows get cancelled, it's bad for the industry and things like that. Absolutely. Is that not just going to continue if we don't put things in place to try and support them, such as this kind of legislation? Look, yes and no, Abby. The short answer is yes. The question is how long do we prop them up for? Because we have already been propping up, particularly the commercial free-to-air networks, for at least the past 10 years, possibly longer. If my my numbers, like I said, I haven't thought this out well. Hmm. I know that they haven't been charged license fees for at least five years. They're not getting yes, charged license fees. But they still anymore. pay taxes in Australia, unlike Mate, they were paying streaming taxes services that are taking our money overseas. Yeah, yeah, again, let's not conflate content quotas with prominence. They were paying taxes before and being charged license fees. That spectrum is not owned by the, the networks, it is owned by the Australian public. They were getting, they were being asked to pay fees on that because the Australian public were, through the government, allowing them to have that spectrum, which is very, very valuable. And all of the telcos would crawl across everybody's dead body to get a hold of that spectrum so that they can yeah, introduce Yeah, so isn't 17. the offset that if the, if, they, if the government wants that spectrum back, the networks have to make the move over to digital services and shouldn't they be given some help to do that, especially when the Why? government's going to make a shitload of money? Again, it's 2024 I, nearly. Why should they be given help to transform their businesses to a digital platform? Because the government platform? gives help to every Australian business that needs a leg up from time to time, whether it's car manufacturing. That we have had a digital net television broadcast industry for 24 years. Well, you're right. We should teach the TV stations a lesson and let them go bankrupt. Rob, I'm not saying to turn it off tomorrow. No, that's what you're saying. You're saying they haven't lived up. did I say turn it off tomorrow? No, no, you are saying that because the networks haven't done the right thing in your opinion, they deserve to be punished and so they can get fucked Everyone can go bankrupt, the industry can implode, and no one has jobs. And that's, that's essentially what you're saying, mate, what because I said. you're refusing not to give a leg up to the, ne- to the industry. I'm saying that the networks have pissed away their goodwill by not acting in a way that actually benefits their audience, so their audience has gone to other places. The fact that's that a subjective has, opinion. That's and you not a subjective that... opinion. Look at the ratings. No. Every night, the news is down, no. on average... 200,000 viewers a night. But you have made a subjective opinion about the content. You can't say that when these streaming services came. So you're saying if the networks had done it differently, they'd still have 100% of the audience and Netflix and Disney Plus and all the others would have no audience. If we're going to hypothesise, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hypothetically, because that's all this is, if they had transformed their businesses digitally. Rob, we're making stuff up now, right? Of course I can say that yes to that because it's a completely hypothetical situation. We don't know what they could have done or would have done that would have made it better so that that was the case. Where we are right now, absolutely they are being But why do you want to punish the networks because you don't by... like their content? No, it's not what I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying. Am I misinterpreting this, Abby and Robert? I think so. I think, I think you're making a bit of a leap. I, I don't agree with what Mulk is saying, but... I, I do think you're making a bit of a leap. My, I just come back to, yes, the networks may not have done what they needed to do in order to maintain their relevance and things like that, but I think we need to be thinking about how we move forward from that because, I like, the industry is in some ways dying and I think there needs to be things put in place to help save it. And, yes, I understand, Malk, that they've been given a million chances and they've screwed things up and whatever, but I... I None of us want to see the industry die. Mulk, I know you definitely don't. Not at all. And yeah. So I think that's just the challenging thing is acknowledging that mistakes have been made, 
people have moved on from free to air, but then also recognizing that if we want it to stay alive, that we need to put things in place. I understand just to, to, I guess, tap on and to bring it together. Prominence is a real issue for our particularly commercial, but all of our free-to-air networks in Australia. It is a very important thing because they're absolutely concerned if they are not front and centre on your smart TVs or smart devices plugged into your TVs, then they feel they'll be overlooked or forgotten. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I understand why they are so passionate about wanting to get pride of place front and centre in those situations. Right now... The evidence isn't there that supports their desire for prominence is all I'm getting at. <laughs> the evidence won't be there until essentially free-to-air turned off and then the networks don't exist because people haven't gone to them. And, they and are being proactive. independent of prominence, 100%. that could yet probably will still happen, Rob. Maybe. All right, moving on, because Upfront season has officially come to an end, finishing up on the ABC's offering last week where they announced another season of Fisk, a new entertainment show for Sean McCullough, and unsurprisingly, more Bluey. Uh, everyone, we've come to the end of Upfront season. We've seen all the announcements. Uh, Robbo, was there anything that really stood out that got you excited? Not really. I mean, I love Sean McCullough. I, th- I think it's great. When he said goodbye to, uh, to, uh, to Matt Hell, I thought, well... I hope that's not the last we're going to see of him. And it could be for a few years, but it wasn't. That's great. I'm excited about that. Bluey is obviously fantastic. I mean, we love him. But <laughs> there was nothing else that really got me excited about anything. There was nothing that mm-hmm. made me go, oh, hang on a minute. That's a that's a risk or that's a challenge or that should be interesting. Yep. Uh, it, it, was, it was pretty run-of-the-mill, pretty formulaic, uh, pretty playing it safe. So, you know, not, not, not really for me, I would say, from anyone. Maybe. What about you? Are we talking specifically ABC or upfronts across the no, board? all of them. Across the board, I actually am really excited about a lot of 10s upfronts, and I have, we were talking earlier about their ratings this year not being great. I mm. do have a bit of hope that they might be able to turn that around next year. I think they, yep. as Robbo was just talking about the ABC, there aren't that many risks and things happening. I think 10 are taking a few more risks and doing things. A oh, bit. I, meant, I meant, sorry, I meant all networks. Oh, sorry. That, that, that was my, not just the ABC. No, I was talking yep. oh, I misunderstood. There sorry. wasn't much. No, there wasn't much at all. Yeah, yeah right. Anyway, well, not. so, for, like, for example, Ready, Steady, Cook, I'm really excited. Deal or No Deal, I'm really excited. I'm excited about Robert Irwin on I'm a Celebrity. I just think 10 had a few more unexpected new things than the others. Um, well, they didn't really because most of them were broken in TV <laughs> black box. But yes. still unexpected, unexpected in their Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Jesus. You ruined the fun for everyone. We know. We know. Um, no. <laughs> and, like, Survivor, I love on 10 every year. Um, Maths on nine is always the thing I care about the most every year. It's my highlight. But, um, Mm. yeah, those would probably be the ones I'm looking forward to the most. All right, Mark, you have pretty much got to have your say on every upfronts with a recording. Just make us a quick 30-second wrap. I'm really keen for this 28-minute Bluey episode. I think that's going to be big. Having Sean McAuliffe on two networks next year is a win for everyone, quite frankly. Um. Again, we are depending on SBS, ABC and Foxtel for the bulk of our Australian drama. Seven, nine and ten have let us down again. Um, That said, everybody's budgets clearly are smaller than before because there wasn't wasn't any real big swing for the fences. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right. Let's open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Abby, mm. what's been on? What's been cooking in your neck of the woods? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mixed metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I like it. <laughs> um, I've been watching. What's been stirring in in your picnic basket? Thanks, Yogi Bear. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been watching a lot of Big Brother UK, which I'm really loving. Um, I haven't. Yes. Yeah, I haven't bothered with the Australian one. I thought I was going to give it a no. go, but I was just too busy and I'm no. not that interested. Who cares? You missed nothing. Too yeah. busy. There you go. Yeah. Um, but the UK one. I was one's washing so my good. hair the night it launched. I couldn't watch yeah. it. All seven of them, Rob. <laughs> that's funny um but no it's really good just going back to the old format my one complaint which i find really odd i don't know if they've always done this with big brother uk because i've never watched it before but the evictions so the the episode the eviction episode ends with the eviction they come out but then like the post eviction interview is on their like second channel and on a completely different show 
Yeah, I think that's new, but I'm not a. I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I don't remember being at like. This, I don't. But it's love a great way that. to get people over to ITV too. It is, but I to can't watch the eviction. Be bothered to go and find it, so I haven't been watching the post eviction right. interviews. I just accept that it is what it is, and they've left the house now. They got booted. End of story. Yep. And so that is a little disappointing. I don't love that. Um, but other than that, really, really loving the show. The cast is so good. I just isn't it? It's so good. I think people. And I, when the cast was announced, I saw this. People roll their eyes at diversity and think that it's all just about checking boxes. But what it actually is is just having a really well-rounded cast of people with a bunch of different life experiences. And when you put the, all those people yeah, in a 100%. house together, it's just amazing. Yeah. That's Big Brother, right? That's the format. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It's so good. In the beginning. Yeah. Um, in Australia, it really lost its way and just yeah. became about young white people. Yeah. You know, um, Ooh, it used to have older for some people. reason. Woke of Europe. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, I know. No, I'm I know. proud of you. This I like Look at our centrist, Rob McKnight. McKnight. <laughs> McKnight's gone woking 2024. It's it. an all new McKnight. <laughs> Woke oh as hell. Um, <laughs> that'll be my new show. Um, um, Robert, oh, what have you been watching? No, just one oh, show. No, sorry, you can go to the second one. Yep, no, your turn. Um, no, the other one I've been watching, which I've been wanting to talk about for a couple of weeks now, but because we've been off, I haven't been able to because um, it's ended now, but is The Block, which I've never ever watched yeah. before i've always refused to watch it just because i had no interest in construction or building whatever and i had to watch just little snippets of the last few episodes for work and oh my god it was Drama-rama. so good so much drama i'm massively regretting not watching it from the beginning i actually think maybe once big brother uk is over i might actually go yep. and rewatch this season i've got that oh, into yeah. it at the end um worth it yeah, and really looking forward to it next year. I will be watching it for the first time, and I'm very excited. For its 20th season, Abby. Very cool. Robbo, what mm. have you been watching? I've been watching a little bit of Big Brother Australia, um, and oh. let me tell you, uh, it is the, the most fabricated. Uh, <laughs> Abby, you got in before me. <laughs> <laughs> We've made it that is, joke about is... 30 times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. <laughs> it's so fabricated, and I, I, I go in and out of it, so I can't let go of my TikTok. But it's enough to look up, and it's very pretty to watch. You'll very go blind looking. if you don't let go of your TikTok. Oh, I should have gone blind a long time ago then. Um, but um, it's it's just it's it's so it's it's put together. It's it's designed. Mm. You can tell. It's like they they know what they're doing. There's I think there's probably been a little bit of um, we've turned the cameras off. The producers kind of have a talk and go. You yeah. should do this. You should do that. It just feels really, really fake. almost written mm. and fake fabricated uh this is what we're doing look the people are nice to look at uh there is one or two people in there i always like seeing a really good looking person who has a personality it's very rare uh, but there are a few in there and they're really quite funny and i really at least like you've them. met me yeah that's true you were the other one that i was trying to think of um so it, it but it's, it's just there's there's no moments like what you guys were talking about with classic big brother there are no moments where like this is great and we are watching something happening here and and, and this is really good. No, there, there's been none of those moments for me. Um, the other thing is, and fine, call me tragic, but I've gone down a little bit of a vortex of the old S10 on the Aww. YouTube. Just having a look at old things since it was... Come on, well, Robo, you news. can't see everything because anything I was involved in was deleted. Well, I mean... A true you know, story. Been, yeah. No, it, Facebook it is true. as well. From the they internet. did a purge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we, did you work on that show? Not according to Tan. <laughs> Apparently not. I've never, I've, yeah, I've never heard of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's yeah, that's what I've, I've been watching. Mm. Well, I've got to say, I watched Australian Story with Libby Gore on the ABC. Oh, yeah, that was really fabulous, and she spoke about the Chopper incident. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, it ended just, her television career in that yeah, regard, really. Um, yeah. Which she's never really spoken about, and it was just a really nice profile. Yeah. I have finally finished Succession. On <gasps> Foxtel slash Binge, amazing. Uh, Do you love it? What a great series! Yeah. I didn't see, didn't oh, see no, no, how no. it was going to end. It was oh, a great. Yeah, literally, so you're like, on thin yeah. ice. So no, <laughs> oh my god! No, no, move well, on. Like, you made everyone nervous. Move on, everyone keep nervous going. got there. No, I don't well, give spoilers. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was fantastic. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Mock, bring us home. Is is announcing who won what Aria Awards considered a spoiler? <laughs> Does anyone care? Taylor yeah. Swift won Best International Artist. That's all I know. She did, and Troye Sivan won four. Um, oh, nice. Did, did she yeah. send a video message? Probably not. No, okay, thank you so much. I don't even know what this is. Yeah. So thank you. It's very pointy. Can somebody stab yeah. someone with it? Um, <gasps> I've got a, I've got a Studio 10 story about the Arias, but I'll tell no. you. No. 
<laughs> save it for, save it for, for the, the subscription that's thing, for the Robbo. Special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that... All right, I'll do, I'll do two quick ones and then a couple of mocks. Um, I have had the opportunity to catch up on something that was on my pile of shame. It's a series called Mrs. Davis <laughs> on Binge, and it is about a nun who has to set out to kill an AI. And it is amazing. It sounds so weird, Robbo, and it does go to some very weird places. And it's brilliant. It's such a great drama, full of twists and turns. Um, I really, really enjoyed Mrs. Davis. I'm late to the party. The whole series is on binge. Uh, There is a second season coming, I think. Uh, But it it was delightful. I really, really enjoyed it. The other thing that I, I, I really loved was Old People's Home for Teenagers. Sweet, I, I merciful do, crap. Yeah. Such a good series on the ABC. Um, I need to, and I, I need love, to catch up on this. I love the effort that they pour into not just, oh, we're helping out the old people, the mutual relationship, the intergenerational relationships that grow out of this are a model for our community, how we can engage and, and develop and help young people as much as help older people. It's really, really lovely. Old people, home for teenagers. Both seasons are available on ABC iView right now. Um Big up, Malk, to have you been paying attention this season. This year was really good. Lots of fun, really smart, uh, full of energy, and kept really mostly owning Monday nights for 10 in that later slot. Uh, and up, Malk, for Loki season two. It's done. Talk to me offline if you want to talk about that because big spoilers uh, go there. And uh, a, a final up, Malk, shout out to The Circus, which finished up its entire series on oh, Monday on the Yeah, stand. I used to love that. Yeah. And same. Forgot absolutely about that. loved it. I'm disappointed that they didn't hold on until yeah. after the uh, election next year, but Showcase have made their decision. Mm. It's done. God bless you, the circus. You were great as well. Mm. Really good. Thank you, Mark. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box for another week. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Robbo. Thank you, Mark. I'm Rob McKnight. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.